It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. With me in the KFG studios, as always, Josh Gregory and health insurance expert Ben Bolgreen. That's right. We're excited to welcome you back to the show, Ben. Uh, this time we're going to be discussing the most common questions that are asked or maybe should be asked when you're enrolling mm -hmm. in Medicare. We're going to cover that and more on today's episode. What do you think the most common question people ask when they meet Ben? How tall are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> What's the weather like up there? Oh, oh that's gosh. true. <laughs> <laughs> ben is uh, six foot 14. And uh, anyway, so, all right. If you have any questions for the program, we, there's some health insurance questions. Actually, the whole show is going to be questions. But uh, but if, if you have questions or you need any help, we are here. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000 online. Wisemoneyshow.com. You can submit questions that way as well and learn more about the firm, learn more about the show. And then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search The Wise Money Show. Welcome back, Big Ben. We're Thank you. glad to have you. Uh, ben was on just a couple weeks ago. We were talking about open enrollment. And gosh, I would encourage you, I mean, start the education process of Medicare early. So whether you are 64 or 44, this shows for you. We're, we're, the health insurance in retirement, Medicare, it is wildly confusing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do things right, there can be penalties. If you don't do things right, you might be restricted into just, well, you're stuck with what you have and whatnot. So in order to plan ahead appropriately for your retirement, you need to know a bit about Medicare. And then in order to make a great decision, you're, you, you, need to, you need to know. So uh, we're continuing that education today. It is open enrollment season, mm -hmm. October 15 to December 7. So we're, we're sort of in the middle of that. Uh, ben, just a quick public service announcement. What is open enrollment? What do people need to do? What do they need to be aware of? Yeah, so open enrollment, Medicare open enrollment is the annual period of time where Medicare beneficiaries can make changes to their plans. Now, if you're on original Medicare with a prescription drug plan, Part D, you can switch that. If you're on a Medicare Advantage plan, you can switch that. So it's a, it's a really good time plan details for the following calendar year. So we will be looking at plans for 2024. Those will be released. Though That's what we'll be picking a plan for all of the next calendar year. Yep. You can change your drug plan, right? You mm -hmm. can change your Medicare Advantage plan. You could switch from traditional or original Medicare over to Advantage mm -hmm. if you so choose. Mm -hmm. And But really, it's all about what's going on in your health? What changes have you had? Have you, do you have new prescriptions? What are What's changing with your plans? Mm -hmm. And is there alignment? Or do you need to recalibrate here? Right. It, are there any statistics, or maybe it's just your own guesstimate, as to how many people actually take advantage of the open enrollment and they revisit their plans, whether they change or not? Mm -hmm. You know, are, are most people actually you know, put, putting their existing coverage under the microscope and making sure that it's still the right stuff? Or do you think a lot of people just leave it on autopilot and they kind of ignore it from year to year? So I personally don't have statistics around that. What I would say is that the majority of people do leave it on autopilot. I can say that because we met with an individual last year. They've had their plan for a number of years 
and it was an older style plan, a Medicare Advantage plan, and those tend to tend to get better year over year. Hmm. And so they were paying a premium of about $100 a month. Mm-hmm. And we could find a plan for them that was ex- almost exactly the same coverage for $0 a month instead. Wow. Yeah, I and would, so every year that goes by that you're paying $100 more than you need to. Every year. Wow, unnecessary, huh? Mm. All right. All right. Well, let's, let's pivot into the headliner topic today, and, and that is Medicare is wildly confusing. Right, your congressperson. No, it, it is wildly <laughs> confusing, and it's going to impact you. It's going to impact all of us in retirement. And so, Ben, I just open airtime. Mm-hmm. What are some of the most common questions that you get when new folks are coming in? Not, not open enrollment. We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. But just new folks. Hey, I'm about to turn 65. I'm about to get on Medicare. What are the most common questions that people ask? Yeah. When we meet with clients to talk about Medicare, aging into Medicare, or coming up of a group plan and joining Medicare for the first time, we like to start those Medicare needs analysis meetings by asking them what questions they have for us. Mm. We always start that way because we've got a presentation we're going to go through, but I want to address those questions up front. And the most common question that I get asked isn't really a question. It's a, we don't even know what to ask. We don't know what to do because it is wildly confusing. Yeah. And so with that, we sometimes I'll go right into the presentation. Sometimes we'll just start talking about timing for pieces. But what do the what does the person need to do when they're turning 65 or when they're coming up group coverage they're interested in enrolling in Medicare? The very first thing that they need to do is enroll in Medicare Part A and Medicare Part B. And the way that you do that is through the Social Security office. So you can go to ssa.gov, create an account, apply there. You can go into your local Social Security branch, or you can call the number. We typically recommend going through ssa.gov. It tends to be a little bit faster. It takes like 10 minutes or so to create that account, get everything all set up. But if you have any issues at all, your local branch is typically pretty helpful in getting those resolved. And that you, you schedule an appointment to go in these days. Is that right? It seems like it yeah. used to be, this is all prior to COVID, mm-hmm. you could just go in and hop in line, wait your turn. It right. may have felt like going to the the uh, BMV, or is it called the DMV I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It uh, depends, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but um, but now it's, it's pre-scheduled, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're picking an appointment to sit face-to-face with someone and have them walk you through the process of either signing up for Social Security or signing up for this Medicare Part A and Part B. Right. Yep. Okay. And there are some that I think don't even take in-person appointments still. So yeah. that would be another thing. Figure out which one is going to be the, the one that works for you. So that would be over the phone then is the yeah. alternative? Yeah, something. And it's they're going to ask you a handful of questions. But it's, it's really pretty straightforward for that. Uh-huh. The timing piece is another question. So if you are turning 65, you have an initial enrollment period of seven months. And that, in most cases, is three months before your 65th birth month your 65th birth month, and then three months after your 65th birth month. So you've got that window of time where you can enroll in original Medicare Part A and Part B without having to jump through many hoops. Now, if you're coming up a group plan coverage, we try to coordinate things so that there's no gaps in that coverage. And so we say 
two to three months before you're planning to come off that plan, if you've got the, the timing that you can prepare for that, to then go ahead and apply for Part A and Part B. Now, mm-hmm. the trick with that is when you're coming off of a group plan, there's essentially two ways that your employer can structure you retiring and coming off that plan. It's immediate, mm-hmm. your last day, or the end of that month. Right. And mm-hmm. you're probably going to want to know that. That's going to weigh in here. Mm-hmm. Um, when does Medicare take effect? Can you pick the exact day? Or is it the beginning of the month? Medicare will always begin on the first of the month. So if you've got coverage through the 15th, and but it ends on the 15th, well, you, you'd benefit from having your Medicare coverage start the first of that month so you don't have any of that 15 right. day coverage gap. So you can pick a date that has already passed then? Like if, if you're going into Medicare on the 15th of the month, you could say either the first of the next month that's coming or the first of the month we're already in? Good clarification. So what I was meaning is if you were, if you knew those dates were coming okay. up. So see so if you had a chance to prepare, a chance to plan, yeah. It's better to choose the sooner date and have a little bit of overlap than to have no coverage for the remaining. You know, I I personally feel like this is the primary question that we get for for clients that are approaching retirement. They want to know, when do I begin this whole process? When should I be talking to a, a Medicare expert and, mm-hmm. or an insurance agent that's going to walk me through this process? And um, it's not too early to be having no. these conversations three, four months in advance Mm-mm. so that you can pinpoint these types of dates. Like, let's tell your employer that you want to be done on such and such a date so that your coverage will carry out right up to when Medicare begins for you. Right. right. Yep. Correct. And that kind of leads us into a second most common question of which plan is right for me. I'm going to cut you off there. I want to pick that up in our our next segment because that one, if we're speaking of timing, you should start evaluating or learning about those choices well in advance. That Mm -hmm. shouldn't be those seven months. It should be a year, two years, even right now as you're preparing for retirement out there in the future. So we've got a lot more of those most common questions answered for you about Medicare enrolling that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. You have questions about Medicare, maybe as you're learning about it, or maybe you're about to enroll, maybe you're helping your folks with it. What are the most common questions? What are those answers? That's what we're hitting right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard with me in the KFG studios. Josh Gregory and special guest health insurance expert, Ben Bullgreen. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast, wherever you listen Search the Wise Money Show, follow us there, subscribe to it there, and rate the program there. We appreciate it. So Ben is a health insurance expert who's joined us a few weeks ago talking about open enrollment, what you need to do, what you need to be aware of. And right now we're talking about the most common questions that people ask, not just during open enrollment. We're going to try and get to that later, but just enrolling in Medicare to begin with. And so therefore, whether you're about to turn uh, age 65 and get on Medicare or it's still a couple decades off, we're helping with that right now. Or if you're helping parents, got a question that we might hit by the end of the show, individual reached out saying, hey, here's my parent situation. I'm trying to navigate this. What should we do? So Ben, you were, I, I cut you off. The second most common question that you get when people are, when you're meeting with people and starting the process of getting them enrolled in Medicare is which plan is right for me? And mm-hmm. I, I often say, when you retire, you're gonna make the biggest health insurance decision of your life. And it's really two paths. Mm-hmm. They both say Medicare. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's very confusing. But it's traditional Medicare or original Medicare. And then 
uh, the other is Medicare Advantage. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, what are the differences, and then how do you know? How do you help someone answer that question? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the one of the things that I try to stress with all of our clients is that either path you take has to cover what Medicare Part A and Medicare Part B cover. So what do they cover? For our purposes during our those educational meetings, we typically simplify it down. We just say, hey, Part A is going to cover your costs associated with hospitalization or inpatient services. B is going to be your medical or doctor or outpatient services. Makes sense. So either one that you go with, Medicare supplement with a prescription drug plan or a Medicare Advantage plan, they both have to cover what those two pieces cover. So which plan is right for the person that's sitting across the, the table from me? Well, I what I, we try to do is we start with education. So we say, this is the benefit of this one. This is how it works. This is the benefit of this one. This is how it works. Here's some drawbacks on this one. Here's some drawbacks on this one. And, and really help people understand the choice that's ahead of them because it is confusing. It is, it is wildly confusing. It's different than a employer plan, the Medicare supplement side. The Medicare Advantage is, is pretty similar to that. So we try to, to hammer those things in. But really it comes down to the individual's health, their finances, and their willingness or appetite for risk. Mm. That's how that's how we try to they know that better than we do. And and the reason it comes down to that is because with the Medicare supplement side of things, the setup we recommend most often is you have A and B plus plan G, that Medicare supplement. They're also called Medigap policies. And then whatever prescription drug plan matches your prescriptions the best. So we would select that by entering in all the prescriptions that they take into a software, and that would match it by the lowest cost for them over the given year, monthly premiums, plus whatever their drug costs would be. So on that path, that's part A, Mm -hmm. which is typically at no cost. You've been paying that all along for most people. Yep. Part B, mm-hmm. which is $164, it'll probably be going up. It'll, mm-hmm. It will be going up next year. Um, at Part D, mm-hmm. prescription drug plan, and that is suitable for your meds. And then a supplement, and most people, that's Plan G. Yep, yep. Plan G. And then all of that were somewhere 350 a month? 400 month at least for indiana and michigan and starting off at 65 those plans the the medicare supplement plans almost all of them get more expensive as you get older they're attained age rated so but that's a for for somebody just getting on that's a that's a good number to to work with so all in that's your cost and then with that there's not a ton of deductible there's not Mm -hmm. a ton of copay there's not a ton out of pocket is there going to be some yeah is there going to be a Mm -hmm. bunch no so whether you'd have a slip and fall, whether you're, you know, whatever, there's going to be, I mean, the, where there's going to be more out of pocket is the donut hole and all that sort of stuff. And yep. you shared some of those upcoming changes on, mm-hmm. on the last time you were on. Yep. So. You know, as you were talking though, what stood out to me is that this very much is a customized plan for each family, maybe even each individual, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we see this a lot as, as, uh, People get closer to retirement and they're making decisions about Social Security or Medicare, what they're going to do in retirement. Often it's they, they start formulating their opinions by talking to their peers. Right. They, they talk about, you know, what's working for my my former coworker who retired six months before me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're getting education from 
people around them, what's been your experience. And that may or may not be what's appropriate for them in their unique situation. Absolutely. Because everyone has different health. Everyone has different financial picture. Everyone has a different risk tolerance in a mm-hmm. way. You know, how, how much of the risk or the responsibility for your medical expenses do you want to keep on your own shoulders, the unknown, if you will, versus transferring that risk to this layered insurance approach mm-hmm. of having part A, part B, part D was the, the uh, did, um, prescription drug mm-hmm. plan, and then wrapping that all together with a a supplemental policy that fills in all the gaps that that exist with those underlying coverages. Some people would look at that and say, yeah, I know that it's going to be a little bit bigger cost each month, mm-hmm. um, it, and it cost is going to go up over time, yep. but I've budgeted for it, I've planned for it, and at least I know, man, almost everything gets covered in that mm-hmm. type of a structure, yep. right? Compare that then to a more bundled type of a structure, which is mm-hmm. um, the, the the more Medicare Advantage plan, yep. where you're keeping more of the, the risk on your shoulders. You're having deductibles and mm-hmm. out-of-pocket costs and things. You know, do, do you say, you know what, I've been healthy up to this point. I want to continue to keep that on my own shoulders. And I want to go that route because I might save some money each month. Right. You know? Yep. So you, basically what you've described, though, is the process of trying to compare these two different paths and mm-hmm. help someone someone yep. choose. Do most people get to the point where it's like, oh, okay, that, that one fits me? Mm-hmm. Or is it like flip a coin? I'm not sure. Um, you just tell me, Ben. Like, how, <laughs> how do people come to a conclusion on this stuff? Yeah, it's a great question because it's a whole lot of information. And like you highlighted in there too, this is also different because it is an individual decision. Whereas for most group plans, yeah, you've got one plan and it's for both of you. Whereas in now, if you're uh, married, then each of you could choose. One could choose a Medicare supplement. One could choose a Medicare Advantage. Mm -hmm. So it's absolutely confusing in that way. One of the things that I try to share with clients when we're going through our presentation is what's the national average? So Mm. who signs up for which side? And I I used to say, I got some better information. I used to say it was actually about 50-50. So 50% on Medicare Advantage, 50% on Medicare Supplement. In reality, it's about 50% Medicare Advantage. 30% 30% Medicare supplement, and then 20% with just original Medicare, ah, which we don't recommend. <laughs> oh, my wow. goodness. So I, that's what I always make a joke. I say, I used to say 50-50, but this is, the, this is really what it's closer to. Uh-huh. But that really reflects my belief about it. Neither one is better than the other one. Here. So it's going to come down to their unique situation. Original mm-hmm. Medicare only, yeah. my guess is someone who couldn't afford a supplement and they haven't bothered to meet with someone to switch mm-hmm. over to Medicare Part C? Yep. That's what I that's what I think. Wow, 20%. 20%. Yeah. That is a lot of exposure if that's right. all you've got. Yep. So, that's that's my starting point and then I and then I talk through what's our client base percentage-wise, how does that make up and I, it's right now it's about 80-20 um, Medicare supplement, 20% Medicare Advantage. Mhm. And then I share, so I, I, I try to give, like, this is clear, and then I, I make it a little bit confusing on purpose because I don't want to say, well, this worked for our clients, but that, but like you were saying, Josh, it might not work for them. Yeah. So then I try to balance it out by saying, but Medicare Advantage enrollees, those numbers are increasing. Mm-hmm. The trend is that more people are signing up for those plans. Yeah, so you're you're intentionally trying to be neutral, um, not trying to bring some biases to the to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, but often, I mean, you've said 
four out of five of our clients right. are going with a more traditional approach of layering the coverage. And, um, you know, it, it's something that's how we plan. That's how we budget when mm-hmm. we're talking for years building up to retirement. We do all of the forecasting on this is a cost that will be there in retirement. Let's make sure it's funded properly. And that way you don't get out there and for budgetary purposes, you choose something that maybe you're less comfortable with potentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I would. I would encourage you again, if you're listening to this and retirement or this decision still a long way off, what are you baking into your retirement plan? For health insurance spend for your for your Medicare costs, what what it needs to be baked in, and and overlooking that could be a, a, a big disaster. So, more common questions and answers coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. All right, what are the most common questions that you have when you're enrolling in in Medicare, or maybe you're helping your folks manage their plan and and make this big decision? What are the most common questions? What are those answers so that you can make informed decisions? We're helping with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Josh Gregory, special guest, also Ben Bullgreen. Uh, stay on top of all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, all over social media as well. Just search the Wise Money Show. Follow us there. All right, Ben. So most common questions. Mm-hmm. When people are enrolling in Medicare, I don't even know what the what questions I should ask. Where do I start? What, mm-hmm. what should I do? And and when do I sign up? So mm-hmm. we've hit those we hit those timelines. Okay, I've heard there's this big choice that you need to make with Medicare. Um, what are those options, and which one's best for me? Um, third question. Third question: What if I pick one of those options and I want to switch later? Yeah. And it's simple. But it's not really. <laughs> uh, it's simple one way. It's not so simple the other way. So if you enroll in a Medicare supplement with a prescription drug plan first, and you decide that after a while, you're a little tired of transferring the risk to an insurance company, that higher monthly premium, to go and see the doctor for an annual checkup, and that's kind of it. So if, if, you're, if you're saying, I'm, I'm healthy, and, and so I'd rather have this money back in my pocket... You can switch to a Medicare Advantage plan. Most of those come with a $0 a month premium, so you have that the difference in those premiums back in your pocket each month. You can do that during a valid enrollment period, no problem at all. If you're on a Medicare Advantage plan, and after a year of having it, so you've got one year, a trial period, where you could switch to a Medicare supplement with no questions asked, mm. they'll accept you, but after that one-year trial right, you'd have to pass medical underwriting. And that mm. one year, is it calendar year or is it, well, I'm, I'm signing up in you know September mm-hmm. and so I've got the rest of this year and all of next year. Or is it, is it 12 Great months? Question, yeah. It is 12 months. So uh-huh. it is from September to September the following year where you'd be able to have it, test it out, see how you like it. And in that case, if you hit your max out of pocket in that year, well, you you might decide pretty quickly that you want to switch over to the other side. Wow. So there are a couple situations where you don't need to pass medical underwriting. I'll talk about that in a second. There's some guaranteed issue things where if you move states, then you have the option to get guaranteed issue from a Medicare Advantage. You can switch to a Medicare supplement plan. But most common when we talk with clients, it's the the medical underwriting piece. 
And that's going to be a list of 20 to 25 questions or so. And it's going to be, do you have any conditions that relate to your heart or to your lungs or to your brain? Or do you have diabetes that requires insulin? And it's going to go down all that list. And we're going to say, no, 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 yes. But if we say yes to one of those questions, typically the answer is going to be, well, nope, sorry. You can't switch. You, you, you can't, can't switch. switch. So, okay, so help me straighten this out in my mind then, because I would think that someone who upfront, as they're entering into retirement, they chose this this second option that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. Medicare Advantage. Mm-hmm. They, they were um, maybe drawn to the low cost on a monthly basis. Um, they were feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm healthy, so keeping some extra um, risk on my own shoulders is no big deal. Mm-hmm. For them to want to switch then to a more traditional um, layered approach with a, a supplement in place, mm-hmm. I, I would think that it would be some sort of change in their health that would make them wish they had the better coverage right. or the uh, the more comprehensive coverage. I'll mm-hmm. say it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the very thing that's making them rethink mm-hmm. uh, their original choice is possibly the same event that makes it impossible for them to switch if they do it outside of that first year. Is that right? That That is correct. I'd say another piece for that could be that they're feeling a little bit constrained by the Medicare Advantage plan networks. Oh, that's interesting. So okay. they can they can go as if if we're signing up for a PPO plan, preferred provider organization, which that's what we would recommend. There is still that flexibility to go to see doctors that are outside of your plan's details. You're just going to pay more for that. Mm-hmm. So for an individual to say, well, I have switched doctors and they don't accept my plan. Well, we can switch plans each year. And so we can always be, well, okay, so now let's switch you to this plan if you're staying local. But if you're if you're talking about outside of your state, then that's where things can get a little bit. But one of the more common things is somebody wants to go to Mayo Clinic. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, then we just need to make sure they're either in your plans network or be prepared to pay more. Or we consider, well, do we do underwriting? Because they have foreseen they're maybe just want to have that as an option down the road they haven't gotten that health issue yet mm-hmm. but they just want to open that up for themselves yeah that's interesting so it's not necessarily that your own health has changed and that's why you want to switch from one option or one path to the other mm-hmm. it could be that the doctors that have been serving you are no longer a part of the network that yep. you're in that kind of thing so do more doctors accept the traditional medicare um, type of payment as opposed to the Medicare Advantage? Yes. Is it more universally accepted by the doctors and hospitals and everything? Yep. It's about 97% of providers in the United States accept original Medicare. Uh-huh. And then from that, we're, you're dealing with insurance companies that are going to be a little bit more limited, and then you're going to deal with specific plans with those insurance companies that are a little bit more limited than that, and then the doctors themselves for which plans that they want to work with. Yeah. And so there are there's more freedom with original Medicare with a Medicare supplement than you'd find with the Medicare Advantage plan. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. You also were hitting on uh, if you went the uh, the Medicare Advantage route and you have a network of doctors, mm-hmm. um, is it likely that someone who maybe spends part of the year in one state versus another. Mm-hmm. So geography comes into play. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a snowbird or something like that, 
does that tip the scales towards the traditional Medicare and the supplement because you're more likely to be accepted everywhere you go? I'd say so. Yes. Yeah. Okay. One last thing. You don't have to check. Okay. Now I'm going to, I'm going to go into, and when I'm in Michigan, then I have to make sure this is the plan that I, or the doctors that accept it. And then I also have to check for another state with original Me- Medicare. You pay a little bit more each month mm-hmm. or Medicare something. You pay a little mm-hmm. bit more each month and then you get that freedom. Yeah. Makes sense. sense. Helpful. Next question. Next most common question. Where do we go from here? So this would be, how does this coverage work with my existing coverage? So if I am still working and I want to continue working, what do I need to do? Do I need to enroll in part A and part B or can I just stay on this and and delay? So so this is somebody who has reached age 65, but they didn't fully retire. Maybe they're part-time, um, but still getting employer benefits through work. Maybe mm-hmm. they're still full-time, just past age 65. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about kind of marrying together a group plan with the Medicare system. Yep, yep. And the the big number for that is if you're interested in staying on your employer plan, does your employer have 20 or more full-time equivalent employees or not? Mm-hmm. So if they do, you can delay enrolling in Medicare without worrying about a penalty. Now, I always say, that's the rule. Double check with your employer. (laughs) Talk with them. Make sure that they they get double verification. But that's the rule. If it's less than 20, then you could still stay on that plan, but you would need to enroll in Medicare Part A and Part B. And at that point, it might not make as much financial sense because then you would have to pay that part B premium in addition to whatever you're paying for your group insurance. So you could be double paying, you're saying, mm-hmm. if you work for a, a real small company, mm-hmm. less than 20 employees. Yep. Okay. That's good. And another piece to keep in mind with that is that those plans, it needs to be a qualifying health plan. And then it also has to come with creditable drug coverage. Mm-hmm. So that's the the big question, creditable. When you ask your a benefits administrator, they'll know what you're talking about. And if you don't have creditable drug coverage, but you've got a qualifying health plan, you could still face some penalties. Hmm. So that would be a, again, they'll, they'll be able to walk you through. We can help uh, sort that out. Creditable just means that it offers at least as good of coverage as Medicare part D would. And if you don't have that same kind of coverage, then, and you go 63 days without that kind of coverage, then you could face a penalty. Penalty mm-hmm. on Part D. On Part D, yeah. correct. Which never go away. It's never. not like a tax penalty that you pay it in one year and then it reverts back to normal the, the next year. So helpful stuff, Ben. I know we've got more questions. In fact, one of the biggest questions Josh even just asked at the break is coming up. So what are some of the other most common questions people have when enrolling onto Medicare? We've got that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Josh Gregory, special guest, health insurance expert, Ben Bullgreen. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out, as well as a lot of other content. Next Wise Step videos that air all throughout the work week. Over a thousand videos. So make sure you go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there, turn on notifications so you're made aware every time we drop new content. And if you have comments, questions, you can leave them there as well. 
one of the topics of your financial life, there's six areas to your financial life, to my financial life, to everyone's financial life. And financial planning is the process of looking at all six of those areas and then how they interrelate, how they're connected as you make financial decisions. So as you're deciding, should I go with traditional Medicare, part A, B, D, and a supplement, or should I do Medicare Advantage? Ben said, well, one of the factors in that decision is your health, yep, the amount of risk you're comfortable taking, yep, and your finances, absolutely. Taking a look at your financial situation and say, all right, well, which option makes the most sense with my entire financial situation? So even though we're talking about health insurance, that's protection planning, you've got to look at how that decision influences and impacts all six areas of your financial life. Ben's working through the most common questions that he's asked as uh, as he helps people enroll in Medicare. And what's this last one? What's it going to cost me? Yep. <laughs> and I always try to, so when we're going through the, the differences, Medicare supplement, prescription drug plan, Medicare Advantage, I always start by how it works. I say, how's it going to work? And then how much it's going to cost me? Because on my end, that's the most important piece for me. I want them to, the people that I meet with to fully understand the type of coverage that they're getting. Mm-hmm. But how much it's going to cost is really important too. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And so when we're, when we're talking about costs, we mentioned Part A is going to come premium-free for most individuals. And then Part B for most people is going to be $164.90 a month as of 2023. But it's going to be based on your income. And it's going to be based on your income from two years ago because they like to keep things simple for us. That's right. <laughs> so the the limits for 2023 to get that to be in that $164.90 range is if you're an individual, zero dollars to ninety-seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and if you're a couple, zero dollars to one hundred ninety-four thousand dollars. If you earn above that, then you're going to pay more. Irma is your income-related monthly adjustment amount. And so it's a a tiered system where as you go up in your income brackets, then your Part B premium increases and also your Part D premium increases. Yeah, a lot of people lose sight of the fact that it's both of these uh, plans, both of these premium amounts can go up Mm -hmm. if your income creeps over these thresholds. Mm -hmm. And and it's a dollar over the threshold Mm -hmm. triggers all of a sudden this increased price. Yeah. And it, it's meaningful. I mean, if you mm-hmm. go over 194,000, if you're at 194 and one extra dollar, you're going to pay an extra basically call it 66 bucks a month for each spouse. Mm-hmm. And that's just on part B. You throw in another extra 12 bucks per spouse mm-hmm. on the part D uh, coverage as well. Mm-hmm. That that's an expensive dollar right Pe- there. People hate Irma, and and yeah. I, I just I feel bad for any of you that maybe are named Irma or have named your kids <laughs> Irma because it, you you teach that or explain it or discuss it in a financial planning or health insurance meeting, and people yeah it's not it's not fun mm-hmm. it's not fun and that's where doing the proactive planning to help mitigate or eliminate the chances of you having to be subject to Irma. Oh my goodness, that's vitally important. Mm-hmm. Well, think about that. I mean, if if a married couple has to go up to one hundred ninety four thousand of income, that's not most of the population, right? I mean, right. You, you even said mm-hmm. most people are going to be under that threshold, right. so you're going to pay the standard rates of one hundred and sixty five bucks per per month. But if you go over one hundred ninety four and you just camp out there indefinitely, then 
every year you're going to be paying more than what your neighbor might be. Mm-hmm. And if you creep even just a little bit higher, and it's it's not much more income above and beyond that, where now it jumps another hundred dollars mm-hmm. per month mm-hmm. for the entire year per spouse, yep. right? So these things like have some teeth to it. It it is a meaningful cost increase. But um, the the sad scenarios to me are the ones where people jump up into this Irma situation or they cross a threshold on their income because maybe they they didn't they weren't paying attention they, they made a mistake essentially or um, they pulled some extra money out of a retirement account they sold an investment um, without really pausing to consider what are the tax ramifications but mm-hmm. also here are the Medicare ramifications yeah. and so, Boy, if, if you ever needed a, a reason, uh, a reminder of why it's so important that on at least an annual basis, you're working with your certified financial planner to run a tax projection, a forecast of where your income's going to land, or um, making decisions together on where your income's going to land. You know, you, you pinpoint this, you make it a proactive decision. This is an example of, of why it's so important, because from year to year, your income can fluctuate in retirement. And it's based on your activities, the things that you're doing, where you're pulling money from, how much you're spending, that sort of thing. All of that could send you into a mode where you're spending more than your neighbor is on Medicare premiums. All right. Let's, let's summarize the cost again. We've been talking about Irma, but traditional Medicare, A, B, D, and a supplement mm-hmm. is approximately what? And then typical cost if you're going with part A, B, but opting mm-hmm. out and going with part C. Yeah. So when we're, when we're doing our comparison, I usually even just leave out the part B premium. I say, either way, you're going to be paying for this. So for our comparison, if we're, if we're talking about what we're choosing, it's 164.90 on this side, it's 164.90 on this side. For the part D cost with the Medicare supplement, it, it really does depend on the prescriptions you take. The number we use is the national average is about $33 a month uh, that, that we've been hearing. It's it's actually coming down, the, the average for, for next year, based on what CMS has said. So it really depends. A lot of the plans that we write is about $10 a month. So that's uh, going to depend uh, yeah depend on those prescriptions. For the Plan G, it's going to be about 120 In Indiana and Michigan, that number could vary Pretty from county to from, county, kind from, of thing. Yeah, or and state to state. Yep. yep. Okay. And then most Medicare Advantage plans are zero dollar month premium. Mm-hmm. They can be like twenty dollars a month, but and there are some that are much more expensive. But for the most part, it's the one that we're looking at is zero to twenty. So you're saving a call it a hundred and twenty approximately mm-hmm. a month per person going with Medicare Advantage. Mm-hmm. Now, if you never see a doctor, mm-hmm. then that's probably going to just be savings to yep. you. If you do see a doctor, then there's going to be more out-of-pocket costs and co-pays and whatnot on that side. So the question is, will it all even out in the long run? We've had great debates with very you know respectable folks in the health insurance field. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said earlier, Ben, where it's, no, we're going to teach you how this works, the mm-hmm. pros and cons, the costs and everything associated with it. And through that teaching, mm-hmm. objectively, my guess is you'll come to the conclusion that fits you best. Mm-hmm. Not that, no, we believe it's best for everyone to make right. this choice. Right. 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 Yeah. Can we go back for a moment to part D? Because I feel like I heard something in the past that um, 
the the cost or, or or which plan makes this most sense for you is not just what prescriptions you're on, mm-hmm. but even like what pharmacy you go to, like it can yeah. make a difference what you end up paying for these medications out of pocket or, or mm-hmm. what your premiums are for the plan itself. Yep. Uh, it, it's the combination of how high is your, has your income gone? Mm-hmm. What prescriptions are you on and where are you getting those prescriptions filled? Yeah, absolutely. And that pharmacy piece is, is an excellent point. That can be a difference of a couple hundred dollars mm, over the course wow. of a year. So, because there are preferred networks or preferred pharmacies, standard pharmacies, and then pharmacies that may just be out of your plan's network. Uh-huh. And so you're paying quite a bit for that same prescription that you could have gotten somewhere else. And from year to year, you know, your doctor could have you on one medication and then they shift you to another one. And that whole calculus just changed on you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's one of the reasons why so many people, they do find that during an open enrollment period like we're in right now, it's a good time to pause and revisit and say, has anything changed with what medications I'm taking, where I'm getting them, that sort of thing. Yep. All right. And and lastly, with cost, uh, one of our health insurance experts, Ted Foster, he actually schooled me on this or, or pointed out something as well, that your Medicare Part B, if you're on Social Security, your Medicare Part B has to come right out of your Social Security. But your, your Part D, you can elect to have that come out of your Social Security or pay it out of pocket. Either one, that's that's not required. So, all right, Ben, thanks for being back. This was certainly a helpful show. We're going to have you back again to continue to, to help demystify and, uh, and, and clarify Medicare. But that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Ben Bullgreen, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Lindsay, we're going to need to go into the archives. I think that's the longest on any show that I haven't spoken. Wow. I liked it. <laughs> I, I did was, you take a nap? I actually, how, did, how did you use that time? Because my back was up. to you. I wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> I read an article. Uh, <laughs> playing Tetris. Yeah, no, it was like, wow, I'm not talking. This is great. <laughs> feels good. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.